And out of the pen, out of the mound, it's the second hour of Sports Talk. And it's Evan Kahn joining me, Scott Beatty. We go till 6 o'clock. Lauren was in last hour. We had a great day yesterday out at the United Way's Battle of the Paddle. Thanks to Hickory Point Bank. And over 45000 was raised for the Battle of the Paddle. and Well, for the United Way, I should say. Congratulations to Brad Dancer being uh, Battle of the Paddle champion as well yesterday. So we had a lot of fun, and now we're back here in studio. Eh, you know, for time to time, this show will be out and about, and we'll be happy to do so. Hope you're doing well. Good to see you, Evan, again. And uh, big news of the day. I'm putting news in quotes um, because it was more confirmed information that Tommy DeVito will be the starting quarterback for Illinois. Quarterbacks are always news. Anything to do with yeah, the quarterback. You know, somebody carries his bags for him, it's news. But, yeah, the the foregone conclusion was that the graduate senior quarterback that you brought in for one season would be your starter on, on week zero or week one, whatever it may be. And that is indeed the case. And we'll get a, a first real glimpse at him. Of course, got to see a, a little bit in the spring game. And I think from that, you know, what we have gathered and what we know about Brett Bielema and that He's a quarterback who's not going to take unnecessary risks with the ball when it when it comes to passing, and he's got experience playing at, at the Power 5 level. If you do take unnecessary risks, you won't be a quarterback for Brett Bielma for very long, <laughs> it seems. That's, uh, I think, a mantra that he, uh, he abides by, but uh, Tommy DeVito doesn't lack for confidence. And to your point, I think we learned from anything from ESPN is that the quarterback is the most important position in the history of sports <laughs> with the coverage it gets. But we know in the NFL, the, 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 the quarterback makes or breaks a team. I don't know that it's entirely the same at the collegiate level, but it, I mean, it can obviously put you over the top. Mm-hmm. Uh, but here, what Brett Bielma is looking for is, is a guy that's going to be, I'm going to use his cliche, tough, smart, dependable in that doesn't make a ton of mistakes put the ball in a catchable place and in this case also make a opposing defenses believe that you can effectively pass the ball and thus not uh, guard just for a run also i think this offense you'll be seeing some of those jet sweeps little quick flips little outs screens da 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 so maybe what is statistically a passing play is effectively a running play, but you get it out in space for a Chase Brown or an Isaiah Williams and and give him a chance to make some plays. It'll be interesting to see how many of those quirks and, and little things that they throw in in that first game as we're seeing the offense against a, a non-conference opponent, which uh, as you guys got into last hour is very inexperienced and uh, just a, a whole lot of underclassmen. So you hope with your your, I don't have another word. Your your line of giant linemen can just kind of push you you down the field. You you give it to your horses in the backfield, and they don't have to to reveal too much against the Cowboys. But we will be seeing Tommy DeVito as QB one. Brett Bielma made it official today, saying he's the starter ahead of Art Sitkowski. Here's how Brett Bielma says Tommy DeVito has led his team so far. Yeah, you know uh, Tommy's got a personality, a demeanor that I think guys are gravitated to him right away. Um, uh, and, and then what, what was fun for me to watch grow over the summer and into this fall camp was not just with the wide receivers and running backs. He grew and you'd see the linemen do certain things with him. Uh, Tommy's a competitive guy, you know, like 
if something doesn't go right and, and he owns it if it's on him, but if it's on someone else, he's not afraid to you know say something. I think um, uh, Art has his own unique style of leadership. They're both kind of a little bit different, but both of them are very good at uh, plays of the personalities of who they are. So I think the combination of those two, even I, I remember a day during the summer where uh, I, I always check in on a daily basis with our strength staff and um, I was with three of the strength coaches and they talked about that morning during skill flex, right during a flex period, how Tommy and, and Art led that group uh, uh, simultaneously. And that's when I knew we were heading in the right direction. And uh, by the way, how has this first game week of practice gone? I, I like the tempo, um, uh, offense and defense. We actually, uh, Josh has given us the opportunity. You guys see that grass field, and, and so we practice on grass quite a bit now, trying to save their legs. I, I think cumulative during camp, that's been a huge deal to uh, and a huge appreciation to the DIA, to Josh in particular, that the support that he's given us in this building is unprecedented since I've been here. Um, uh, from the way we fuel our guys, the way we uh, train our guys, the way we recover our guys, uh, it's just it's a really good spot, and our kids feel it, and I and I make them appreciate it. And I think now going into our week of of, of the game uh, on Sunday night, I was like sitting back, I'm like we look fast, we play fast, and. Um, that's different from where we were a year ago. I do believe that this program uh, has some good things in place for injury prevention. I I don't know enough about kinesiology, exercise science, and all that, but there are philosophies out there, and different people subscribe to different philosophies, and I think they have one that they really like in terms of what you can control in football in injury prevention you obviously can't control everything in any sport but football you know you're vulnerable to to problems but um they uh, there are things they do that weren't done before and you different people can agree and disagree on what is a reasonable approach but i think they like where they have there and from what they've told us they're in good shape health-wise to start the season, that's really where you want to be when, when you're facing your own guys. You, you don't like to see them getting hurt uh, against their own dudes. And yeah, I, I chalk health. It's about 50-50 as far as training as slash luck and, and really more luck than, than anything with that. And health is going to be a big key for this Illinois team, even as they go in healthy. Um, can they stay healthy throughout the year or, or can they develop guys on the fly that that, that can step in if there are injuries. Yeah, obviously there's questions around the depth, so if they can be on the lucky side, mm-hmm. they would certainly take it. All right, uh, White Sox baseball tonight, 6 o'clock against Baltimore right here on our airwaves. I know we have a football game on Saturday, but if you do want to go see the White Sox, stay tuned. In a few minutes, we're going to give away four tickets to Saturday's game in Chicago with parking to go see the Diamondbacks. So get the fingers ready on that one. Meanwhile, last night, Crosstown on the north side of Wrigley Fields. So of the 14 that were inducted, uh, only two, or that were considered, only two came in. Jose was one, and I'll let you talk about the, the other one that's going in, Pat. Here's a here's a little bio on, on the other person who's going in. Can you read that there, partner? I think it says, this is me going into the Hall of Fame. <laughs> wow. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you very much for that. The great Pat Hughes will be joining all of those legendary players and managers and broadcasters, as you just mentioned. uh, I don't even know what to say. So that was Pat Hughes from finding out the Cubs are putting him into the Cubs Hall of Fame. 
That was uh, courtesy Cubs Radio last night in about third inning. Uh, Crane Kenny was uh, presenting it to him. He was surprised live on air. I do vividly remember when he took over in the mid-90s, and I was a teenager, and uh, he instantly became your favorite pair of jeans, a a glove that fits right, uh, the blanket you like, whatever it is, and just comfortable to listen to um, and and uh, couldn't be couldn't be happier for Pat Hughes and and you know especially as a a play by play guy who likes play by play and likes doing it you know he's he's kind of been a model to a lot of broadcasters and uh, so I'm really happy for for Pat Hughes he's just a gold standard I don't know how he wasn't a part of the inaugural class when they opened up this Cubs Hall of Fame I think that was just last year or maybe two years ago but rightfully so now he, he's right there along with the rest Buck O'Neill also going in how he wasn't part of the inaugural class I also don't know but uh, you, you know go, good by the Cubs uh, recognizing him you know it, maybe one day he, he should probably be in Cooperstown getting recognized what is that the, the Ford fist, Frick yeah the Frick Award um, he'll probably get that one day and he'll end up in, in the National one. But, yeah, as far as Cubs broadcasters, there's a, a long list of very good ones, but he, he's right there with them. Yeah, I mean, Harry Carey, Jack Brickhouse, a whole bunch of uh, other ones. Um, he's just, uh, you know, he's a throwback in the way he kind of does things. And there's new, young Cubs fans that love him as much as old, longtime Cubs fans. Uh, and he's, he's a great testament to... I mean, I'm gonna. I think we're gonna pat ourselves here a little bit, tune our own horns. It'd be a great testament to the power of radio and 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 how it connects a fan base. And 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 as much as we, okay, I'm now I'm getting on a. I'm gonna be on the box room. Great for Big Ten and 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 all the dollars that are gonna come in with this new media deal for the TV and all that. But there's nothing that connects a fan base like your guy or your gal on the radio. And we know what Brian and Martin do on football. We know what Brian and Dion and Doug do on basketball. Yeah, just like his 90s sweaters, he, he never goes out of style. He, he, he's always going to be in season, in vogue, and, and he's one of those guys, like you said, he's a throwback in that he never really oversells anything, but when something big happens, he's going to let you know just by, by the tone of his voice, and he's very casual with his conversation with Ron Coomer and whoever's chuckling in the background, and... uh just, just one one of one of the best uh, that there are. I don't get to listen to enough radio guys uh, around Major League Baseball, but I, I'm pretty sure Pat's right up there. And what's interesting is he's a distinct voice, but yet he is classic. I mean, you know it's him, but he doesn't feel like a carbon copy. And sometimes, and maybe I'm one, but sometimes I feel like. There's kind of cookie cutter voices, mm-hmm. but he's distinct. Same with Vince Scully, same with John Miller. Like you just know them, you know their voices. Well, we, we were talking about this. I don't know. It's been a, a couple, three months ago, or, or something. They were playing an old, an old radio call with the the TV broadcast that that had Pat on it. And, and yeah, I mean, going back 25, 30 years, his cadence, the the, the tone, the rhythm of everything that he does. It's not like most broadcasters and, and yeah it's very unique to him and, and enjoyable and uh, as long as he wants to keep doing it i'm sure we'll, we'll have him back on cubs radio couple of my favorites uh get out the tape measure long gone classic wish 
Wish I'd thought of it. Uh, you know, so-and-so behind the plate making the impartial decisions, uh, <laughs> the uniform descriptions, uh, all that good stuff. And then just always playing the straight man and get with, with whoever his analyst is, who's <laughs> typically named Ron. Uh, he, he's, he, he's a pro's pro. So a quirky guy, uh, you know, kind of, you, you know, baggy khakis and a in a kind of worn down polo in a, or a, or a bad sweater i mean that's just all he is but he's great on the radio so yes, sir. tip of the hat to pat hughes on cubs radio okay uh cardinals do beat the cubs though today eight to three white Sox tonight at the orioles our friends from the illini guys matt stevens and mike cagley you hear them regularly on illini guys radio sports spectacular and uh, they write for illinaiguys.com they're in town getting ready for this football game on saturday we're going to visit with them in just a moment if you would like some white Sox tickets see look how ecumenical we are here we talk cardinals <laughs> cubs and white Sox, and of course white Sox are on our airwaves uh if you'd like to go see the white Sox on on Saturday night against Arizona with parking. Enjoy your time there. Of course, if you're not going to Illinois football, be the third caller, 217-356-9397. That's 217-356-9397. Back with our friends from the Illini guys in a moment. We're back on Sports Talk and got four red lights on here in the studio. Maxing out the mics. That's just fine. I'm Scott Beatty. He's Evan Kahn. Matt Stevens from the Illini Guys as well as Mike Cagley are here in studio because there's a big football game on Saturday. Uh, they're all big guys. Come on now. Can't put any more importance on one than the other. Well, we can. But it's great to see you, Mike and Matt. Matt and Mike, however you want me to uh, order that up. <laughs> that, that's just fine. <laughs> Be it known that Mike answered first. You you only play, you only lead up eight months into like one game. So like that's, that's, that's the difference. I'm telling you, if you're a defensive player, there's 12 games that you're, you know, that are on the schedule uh-huh. and half of those games are you're on the field approximately and the ball's only in action of a minuscule amount of those times so you're basically doing this whole operation for about two hours of actual competition for total in a season for all due respect to what we're doing right now i cannot wait for talking season to be over at yes. least three o'clock on saturday <laughs> yes because sports is fun <laughs> right. yes and and it, it it's really crazy this year in the big 10 you got three teams playing in week zero and you could argue that each one of those teams is in a darn near must-win situation. Because you look at the Illini schedule later in the season, it gets really tough. You'd like to go 3-1 and one or 4-0 and oh out of the gate. you got Scott Frost, who's underachieved, although he has made his line vomit more than any other coach. And then you've got Fitzy, who's doing his every-other-year tango thing so all three of these teams really want to walk out of saturday with a victory and when you're trying to move up in the big 10 you can't afford to stumble crazy times right now yeah i think illinois is in a don't lose kind of situation against a wyoming uh nebraska's well the world stops and, yes. and and spins on a win or a loss and northwestern probably is can play a little more free well I talked to a, a station out in Nebraska last week, and I asked him, I said, so what kind of pregame do you guys have for a Nebraska game? And between what they get from their Nebraska Learfield, you mm-hmm. know, plus their own thing, they do 
four and a half hours of pregame, and I'm like, you do all that for a three and nine team, and the the, the phone call just died right there. Yeah. <laughs> you ever want to know why Tennessee football fans are as insane as they are? And first of all, just go ask Greg Schiano. But second of all, like their pregame show is six hours long. I don't care if it's an 11 a.m. kick. They get on the air for a 11 a.m. kick for their pregame at 5 a.m. Let's not. Let's hope our bosses aren't listening right now. And <laughs> don't get any ideas. Grant, this sounds like a great idea. <laughs> well, there, there's going to have to be some I'm, more wins. Yeah, once we're again. like Elven bread, right? We just we're we're packed into an hour, and it'll really but, sustain you. I mean, each of those schools have a national championship at least in the last three decades right i mean yeah, so they, there's they, still some there's, glow there there's a, a little bit of something to it once I mean, again i think all three lights and or all four lights in the studio have agreed that the talking season is vastly overrated <laughs> <laughs> but we actual got, football so scott got in a limbus uh uh you know reference you know to elven bread so it, it's hard to top what wdws has <laughs> thank you i will uh your your uh Obsequiousness is is, is noted. <laughs> As I'm a big Lord of the Rings guy, so put me in the nerd category. Uh, I, I want to divert for just a moment. Illinois softball. I saw a tweet you made, uh, Matt uh-huh. Stevens, that uh, Illinois picked up a new pitching coach. Not new to the to coaching pitching, but new to them. In Van Studeman, she comes from the SEC. Most recently, Mississippi State. Uh, of course. Lance McMahon leaving to go to Alabama to be a pitching coach there, so one SEC for another. But uh, you have a little bit of experience uh, around her, and Illinois apparently got a good one. Van is the biggest energy firecracker I've ever covered (laughs) in my time ever as a doing this job. I mean, it's her. She is. You will tell from the twang of her voice that she's clearly Alabama, Um, and you will also tell that she's just a big ball of energy. And I believe she is one of the best recruiters and developers of pitching talent in the United States of America. Um, What she did to revive the softball program at Mississippi State, including building a brand new facility, like Fieldhouse facility that happened because she started winning, and a basically a almost brand new stadium over there when she started winning. the the circumstances in which she left the Mississippi State job are still unclear to me because I I had left that beat at that point, um, and why she's getting back into the game in Champaign Urbana, a, a portion of the country, quite frankly, she's never been, um, is intriguing to me. But from a sheer go get talent and maybe be the polar opposite of energy wise and personality wise of Tyra. Um, I think it's a, I think it's a perfect match, and I think it's I'll think, I'm interested to see how it's going to work. But but from a from a personal standpoint and from a professional standpoint, um, energy wise, I think Van is, is is ready to take this job on, and and she has the capability. She won. She was she's gotten to Oklahoma City plenty of times under Patrick Murphy at Alabama. Um, and would have been the head coach at Alabama had Patrick Murphy decided to stay at LSU, but three days later decided to flip flop. Funny story is that when she took the Alabama, or when she took the Mississippi State gig after Patrick Murphy came back to Alabama and then decided not to retain her as pitching coach because she had the gall to actually want the head coaching job <laughs> after Patrick left. Um, the she had a opening three game series in Starkville where she gave out flip flops. <laughs> Because Patrick Murphy flip flopped on his decision to go to LSU to Alabama, 
so she is she's very very creative and energetic person and then I, I i personally i personally enjoyed my time with her that is awesome that's awesome so van studeman is the new pitching coach for illinois uh mike cagley wanted to ask you the uh and i know you kind of keep your eye on the nil and um you know what what the guardians are doing and this week the new marketplace out that was announced the illinois marketplace designed to help increase access and for nil opportunities for uh, u of i student athletes so um i my head kind of swims a little bit with all this you know we got the guardians you got maybe standalone opportunities and, and you got this i don't know how this all goes together but what stands out to you about however the balls now move down the field in this process well I, I think ultimately what some folks are really have to to get a handle on is is illinois football ptsd it's been a tough 30 years you know people like me we can remember the 80s and, and what an incredible place memorial stadium is when it's rocking and there's a lot of folks who for very valid reasons are kind of on the fence saying, well, I'm going to hold off and see if Coach B can win before I put down some dollars. And in reality, you know, Illini Guardians is, is super easy. However you want to go about it, you cannot do anything but good by putting in a contribution. Because right now there are, there are uh, these arsenals being built. USC is building a monster machine out west. You have other schools. Miami is, is right on the forefront. You know, Ohio State's got like, I don't know, six, eight. I, I forgot how many they have. Ryan Day is not too proud to come out and say, I need $13 million for this year. And so ultimately... What what I would say as somebody who is a huge Illini fan, if if people can can put a few dollars down, can support the team as they're starting to win, that is going to be critical. Um, and and Illini sports, you you can tell Josh Whitman. You look at who he's hiring as a pitching coach. That means he's here to win, right? You see what he's paying the coordinators at University of Illinois. But the NIL component is something that needs to keep evolving because it's a little bit, it's year two. It's a little bit like an evolution. And you're watching these NIL organizations go, well, this is good and that I'm not going to do anymore because it didn't work. And they're trying to grow that, that, that rate. And of course, you know, Illini fans, the, the, the individual can have an effect. And then obviously on a larger level, you know, there's a lot of targets that, that hopefully Illinois will be able to develop, Silicon Valley and other places as well. Mike Cagley and Matt Stevens with us here on Sports Talk. Well, where do you guys think that the, the energy and enthusiasm is for the, this football team going into Week Zero? I just kind of actually got thinking about it in my head. This is probably the best opportunity for people to see the Illini for the first three or four weeks, right? You go to Indiana, going to be a Thursday night game, and then an open week game. Are, are you expecting a, a big turnout and, and a lot? Of, has Brett Bielema built up uh, enough hype here going into to season two? Because we know going into last year, they didn't even have Memorial Stadium all the way open yet. I'm confused in the sense that I think a lot of people thought five and seven was a bounce back year in terms of energy and emotion and what Brett Bielema brought to the program. And then I've got people telling me that Illinois is expecting the lowest attended home season opener since the end of World War II. Wow. So I'm confused. 
and and I'm I'm confused as to um, where what's what's it going to take for this fan base to come back in droves because. Again, Brad Bielema would be the first to tell you, as a player and as a coach at Iowa, he knows darn good and well that Memorial Stadium, when it's rocking and rolling, is really hard to go and get a W in. Um, go watch the Penn State game in the Zucker era you know, at Memorial Stadium. That, that place was rocking, and Penn State had no chance, and they were fifth in the country. Um, go, go watch the 89 Colorado game when the number one team in the country came in and had more talent on the field, and John Makovic figured out how to win because there were you know, almost 70,000 people in the stands creating an atmosphere that made it really, really difficult for the number one team in the country to get rolling. Um, I, again, I, I I would think there would be a huge turnout. I thought there would be a sellout crowd for Brett Bielema's season opener, like debut, and it wasn't. Um, so the 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 hesitancy to jump two feet in with this football program, knowing that it is the most important thing you do on your athletic campus by far, is confusing to me. Mm-hmm. The word I keep coming back to is it's just it's just darn confusing to me. There seems to be so many factors, and you can't. As soon as you try to solve it, there's. And I know the simple thing is win, 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 win. But there's plenty of reason. If you are a somewhat moderate to serious football follower, I think there's plenty of reason to come out and watch. Um, I'm trying to say that objectively. I'm just saying I don't think Illinois is going to be bad. Uh, I don't know what the record will be, but I think they'll be competitive. In terms of the experience, it's fine. It's good. Uh, I think Grange Grove is nice, I, I, but I, I don't know. Whatever it is, it I just hasn't all come together. I, I think it's the accumulation of years which have no control of the coaching staff today, no control with the players of today. But let's face it, we've had two pretty good years over the last you know, twenty, mm-hmm. and and so there's a lot of a lot of frustration built up, and I think when people kind of understand what Bielma's going to put out there, particularly with a team that doesn't generally shoot itself in the foot, which is different than what we've seen right <laughs> year after year after year, and a team that is fairly is disciplined, and they're also they play really tough defense, and so I think this is one of those times that. That I, you know, you you've got an opportunity, but he's going to have to kind of show me to the fan base. And while you want people to jump on board, you can also understand when you see Tim Beckman, you know, getting caught up in cords and falling down, and and all, you know, we could go a litany of bad moments, right? <laughs> and and so there is a little bit of PTSD, I think, and I, <laughs> and I think that's really what. Coach B and his staff have to overcome. What what the Illini fans should take heart in is this staff is probably the best coaching staff we've had here since John Makovic, Mike White era. And so you've got the raw materials are here, and now it's a matter of getting the players that they want and coaching them up. And you got to get some victories, and and the more you know support that the the community gives as that builds will really help. I do buy into the Josh Whitman idea that he he kind of tried to play up on Monday, which is the fear of missing out. Hmm. You know, and and there's a game in October against Iowa. There will be games in October against Purdue. You 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 don't want to miss out on Illinois. You know, winning those games, potentially becoming, I don't know, bowl eligible in those games. Um, you, you don't want to miss out on that. I'm not saying, I'm not, in this, 
look, in this economy, I'm not telling people what to do with their money. <laughs> I'll be the last guy to do that. What I will say is that if you do not put two feet on in board, you will be looking for another coach in five years. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's, and I think the, the the sad part about that is Brett Bielema knows that, and Josh Whitman knows that, and everybody in that building knows that. Um, I, I just I, I I don't see a reflection of where Brett Bielema has dug this rebuilding project already out of the ground connected to an attendance number for you, Evan, because the attendance number for this season opener is going to be projected to be lower than the one against Nebraska. Mm. And I don't understand that. Again, I keep going back to the word confusing. That doesn't make any sense in my brain. Yeah, because there's no reason to say this team regresses. No. I don't know that they're going to be that much better, but... This team should be competitive. I've told you before, Scott, that I think that they could finish 5-7 and seven, but be a better football team. Mm-hmm. And maybe even significantly better, because I think the defense sure. is going to be better. And if Tommy DeVito performs to expectations, the quarterback position is going to be significantly better, which should lead to a lot of positives. Yeah, he's not going to be a Heisman candidate. Right. But he could manage a game well and make catchable throws yes and keep the defense a little bit off balance i mean we, we go back to a time again but i mean last year you have a, a quarterback that can complete you know one pass against maryland maybe a couple passes against purdue you're looking at a, a seven and five record exactly. a win at purdue a win over a maryland team i think they ended up winning a bowl game um for the first time in forever and ever or at least they made one but and that's why i keep going back when, when there was like this quote-unquote quarterback competition going on I think the reason Brett Bielema brought in a graduate student to play quarterback was he wants to win this year because if this was a long-term rebuild, he's got a quarterback that's got another year of eligibility in Art Sikowski that could come back. He could get experience in starting this year. But no, Brett Bielema wants to win. He's got to get the fans. He's got to start building up something here because football rebuilds can fall off And anybody, anybody who's met Brett Bielema, they know that uh, – Winning is what he's focused on. I mean, there are some coaches, you know, who are, you know, a little more pragmatic, and I think he's looking like, at, you know, every game, how do we win this, regardless of what the fans think? And I, I do think that his focus is exactly what you said. If I can bring somebody in and they give us opportunity to win more games, then gosh darn it, we're going to bring them in. Yeah, I, I think also, Evan, I think there was a going all the way back to the spring before, let's say, you know, you knew really what you had in Tommy DeVito. Maybe even going back further than you know the the winter before Tommy even got here and got committed, there was this thought process that the 2021 season, because they had so many COVID seniors, fifth year, six year seniors, was going to be pretty good for year one with Brett, and then there was going to be a severe drop off. Mm-hmm. Right? I never bought into that because the idea. If you look at the roster, there is a more percentage on this roster now of kids that that I say don't have Stockholm syndrome and try to figure out how to lose a ball game. Mm-hmm. And Brett Bielema talked about that. Like of there's a whole bunch of kids that haven't done anything but lose their entire career. That that part of the roster is almost 45%, 50% gone. And what you've done is you've now put in a a, a group of guys that that don't know any diff don't know what they don't know. And so it's easier to teach that than to try to teach them out of losing. And I think that that's what Brett Bielema was dealing with in year one and doesn't have to deal with it as much in year two, especially on a certain defensive side of the ball where the guys have figured out we can have success doing this and, and beat some pretty you know good teams basically by being that good on that side of the ball. The adage is uh, failure is a good teacher, but success can be an even better one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Confidence. 
There you go. All right, guys, got to let you go. I know you guys got a lot of activities this weekend. You're doing a hangout tomorrow at Guido's. You got your tailgate, and uh, you're playing some golf, too. Is that what you guys are yeah, doing? Yeah, we're over at uh, Adkins tomorrow. Going to do the uh, first ever Illini guys subscriber outing. Nice. Yeah, we're going to have some fun. We got a lot of great people who have subscribed. Obviously, they get all that inside information from Sturdy and from Matt that you you, you know, you can't necessarily get because sometimes people don't want to be quoted, you know, and then that you can't really put a story out on that. <laughs> but you can get the rumors and the innuendos and the nuggets behind the scenes on our forums. And and of course, so we have subscribers thing and then Tomorrow night at Guido's, 7 to 11, um, it is something, an NIL fundraiser. So if you want to come on by, put we'll put down 25 bucks, get in there. We're going to have some guests. Um, be some some Illini people that you can you can kind of get a little bit of uh, uh, get a chance to meet a few folks. Um, but we're really trying to raise money again for NIL, trying to help out the Illini Guardians. And then we have our tailgate in Grange Grove, starting I think at eleven. You know, uh, we're there with uh, OSF, who's one of our sponsors, and we've got we've got a tent, and we'll be there. So if people want to stop by and say hi, <clears throat> we'd be honored to say hi to people, shake their hands, and thank them for listening to us on the radio or or you know subscribing to us because uh, we got in this because we love Illinois athletics. We like to have a lot of fun, and if we can get some fan interaction and make it a good time for everybody, let's do it. Guys, enjoy uh, not talking, but watching, and then talking again, but how about actual games? We didn't even get into the state of shock you're in, Matt Stevens, about finding out that Tommy DeVito is the starting quarterback. But I am not part of the beat that, because of shock value, wanted to tell you that somebody else was going to be the starting quarterback. But, <laughs> but I, I am the one that has been telling you for the last week and a half, you do not sit somebody in a second scrimmage if you're not going to start them. Yeah, I, I think uh, the tea leaves were spelling it out pretty clearly. Uh, <laughs> All right. Enjoy it, guys. Thanks for stopping by. Thank you. All Thanks, right. Guys. We are going to talk a little high school football and more. Colin Likas coming in in a moment. We'll allow it. Going to see the White Sox on Saturday. Scott Burnsmeyer, or Mir. Uh, I hope I got it right. But, Scott, thank you for listening. And, hey, we share a common first name, so... I'm allowed to butcher your last name. Uh, <laughs> Unless you didn't mess up the first name. I'm yeah, glad you right. got that one. And, his, and he rightfully has his last name starting with B. It's just, it's working out. Uh, congratulations. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the game. Enjoy the experience. And uh, White Sox tonight against Baltimore, 6 o'clock. Uh, we'll join up right probably in the middle of a segment, but 6.05 is the scheduled first pitch. Colin Lankis is here covering the prep scene for the News Gazette. Good to see you, sir. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Before, I want to ask you about tomorrow's Cola Wars game, and uh, I know you took a trip down there today. I did. But uh, just got a text. As we were talking about the Illinois football attendance, or lack thereof, however it turns out, Texture says, need to look at how many high school games are going to be played on Saturday afternoon because of lack of officials on <laughs> Friday nights. Is that sure. true? You, there's going to be more than there have been in previous years, certainly. Um, the number's definitely increasing. The eight-man football association plays the majority of its games on Saturday for that reason. Um, for us locally, the Vermilion Valley Conference is seeing a ton of Saturday games this season. I think Salt Fork has four or five Saturday afternoon games this year, which is a crazy high number for uh, that team. Vermilion County teams typically accustomed to being under the Friday night lights with, the, with some hard-hitting action. Uh, so, yeah, I think that 
that's a that's a fair argument to me be made. I don't know how many of those people are being taken away from attending an Illinois game or vice versa. I can't speak to that, but uh, yeah, certainly. Uh, there, there probably is a little bit of crossover, at least. So, how was your trip today down to Tuscola? It was a pleasant trip. Robin, uh, Robin Scholz and I, our photo editor, went down the, to Tuscola ahead of Friday night's Color Wars game and caught up with not only Warriors coach Andy Romine but also first-year volunteer assistant coach Braden von Lanken. He is an Arcola volunteer assistant who graduated from Tuscola in 2019. So he played under Andy Romine. He played against Nick Lindsay, who is now the head coach that he works under. So very fun story there. Absolutely. Colin Likas getting ready to kick off the high school football season. Well, I'm putting you on the spot here, but outside of the, the Cola Wars, are there any other big matchups for, for week one in the area? Nope. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> that's Every, everybody that's schedules college. the FCS schools in week one. We're, we're waiting until the big dogs come I'll just, in next I'll just, week. Just, just say, nope, nope, nothing like that. Uh, yeah, Illini Prairie games are always kind of must-watch because it's a closed conference, or at least it used to be a closed conference. Olympia left um, yeah, for the Sangamo during the off season, so there is an open spot for everybody this year. But, uh, yeah, St. Joe and Monticello week one. You know, St. Yeah, Joe hasn't quite uh, kept up with Monticello in recent years, but it's always a rivalry game. And pretty intense. St. Joe has high expectations. Monticello always has high expectations. Uh, Unity and Prairie Central over in Fairbury will also be a very good game. Um, we had some divisiveness in the staff pick this week mm-hmm. as far as that game goes, which I'm sure Unity fans were a little surprised by because <laughs> Unity tends to get across-the-board votes most of the time. Um, and uh, Paxton also has a game against Chillicothe that should be really interesting. Um, but yeah, it's a lot of non-conference games this week for the for the most part. Um, you know, Opening up tonight, Iroquois Weston hopes in two teams that hadn't made the playoffs for a very long time until both of them did last year. Iroquois West hadn't made it since 2006, Hoopston since 1993, and they both ended those droughts last year. And lo and behold, they opened the season against each other on a Thursday. There's your official issues again. We have two Thursday games today, mm-hmm. uh, so that's going to happen more often as well. Um, so that, that should be a fun game. You know, Clayton Leonard is now at Illinois, but his brother Cannon, the six foot nine Iowa commit, is still in the high school ranks. If I were a defensive lineman or offensive lineman lining up for, across from a six foot nine, two hundred and fifty pound kid, I would be terrified. So uh, that should be interesting. Well, they make them in the Big Ten, corn fed, right there. All right, congratulations on the really nice uh, hut hut hype. I liked the headline. That was Joel Leiser. Uh, yeah, Joel. But uh, you put together a really nice high school uh, preview section today, and if uh, people didn't get the paper, I, I, I suggest you stop by and, and, and get that section. It's really nice and kind of keepsake for, for some. And I know it was a lot of hours of, of effort on your part. Are the helmet stickers coming back this year? N- not a video at okay. this point. Um, in print, in, print, we, in yes. print, I think we will continue to do them. Yes. I just do not have the... I, I just loved the physical slapping of the, the helmet stickers. And I've still got the helmet, and I've still got some of the stickers, but I unfortunately do not have the time to put the videos together Understand. at this point Understand. in my life. So, yeah, anybody who's disappointed, I am sorry. But... We'll also look forward to your debut broadcast tomorrow mm-hmm. night on a high school game on our sister station, Light Rock 97.5, with 10,000 watts of electrons carrying you to six different counties yes. broadcasting the Cola Wars tomorrow night. And on the World Wide Web. Mm-hmm. Maiden voyage for me doing a radio call. Uh, Joey Wright obviously has a lot more experience doing it. He'll be doing play-by-play. I'll be doing color analyst, whatever you want to call my role, and just trying not to screw things up too badly. Uh, really looking forward to working with Joey on that, and we couldn't ask for much of a better game to start being Cola Wars. Uh, the folks at Tuscola and Arcola are really happy that we're involved based on what I've heard so far, and it uh, should be fun. Whatever team
team loses might not be as happy. No. no I'm just kidding. No, you guys will do a bang-up job, and uh, looking forward to it, my friend. Thank you. All right, Colin Likas. Follow him on Twitter at CLikasNG. Follow the News Gazette Preps coverage at NG Preps. And we're back to finish this up in a moment. Those can creep up on you sometimes. It's my first day in radio. Sorry Time flies when you're having fun. We did have fun. Hey, tomorrow, Funky Friday. Uh, uh, Brian Barnhart's Illini Notebook is back. The return. Former Illini wide receiver Mikey Dudek. Yes. Matt Daniels from the News Gazette. Of course. I uh, have not checked with Allie Adams' agent, but we're going to squeeze her in. And I think we're going to unveil something new and fun uh, for a chance to win some prizes. Looking forward to it, yeah. People should, if they enjoy games and they enjoy prizes and sports, it's everything that you could possibly want in one. It's kind of informative and entertaining all together. It's fantastic. We should Somebody should do that regularly. Like, make it a game show. Oh. That's what people should do. Thanks to all our guests. We got to run. White Sox baseball coming up. WDWS, Champaign-Urbana, good night.